the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, all about the Arizona Cardinals and the NFL, featuring insider and outsider perspectives. Enjoy the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Now here are your hosts, Jess Root and Seth Cox. Hello, Arizona Cardinals fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the Rise Up Seared podcast, the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. I'm your host, Jess Root, from CardsWire.com, the USA Today NFL Wire site. Episode 496, this is the third show of the week. And second of our preview shows, this is our, uh, this is our it, it, Seth and I recorded uh, 495, uh, our, per, our preview picks and prop bets uh, show. And, and once again, this is the third time this season. That, that we've got him, Kyle Madsen from Niners Wire, now uh, officially a friend of the show. Kyle is joining me to talk about Cardinals 49ers. Kyle, how the heck are you? Uh, I'm glad to have you back. And it's it's been one heck of a season for San Francisco this year. Yeah, man. Uh, happy to be here. Thanks for asking me to, to come on your podcast. It's really, really nice of you. Um, yeah, I uh, I don't... They're, they're good, man. The Niners are good. <laughs> It's I'm not the like I'm not the kind of person that's just always like, yeah, everything's awesome. In fact, it's very much the opposite. Like even in 2019, I was like, yeah, I don't like I don't know if they can hang with like the Chiefs. And I mean, lo and behold, fourth quarter comes in the Super Bowl and they can't hang with the Chiefs. And then 21, it's like going to the NFC title game. I don't think they can beat the Rams a third time. Uh, last year, uh, I had questions about Brock Purdy big time, especially with, you know, how kind of how he looked against Dallas. And he's got to go to Philly. It's like uh, and then he gets hurt and the, and the season ends. But this year, I don't, I don't have a good argument for why they're not the best team in the NFL. Right. It, it talent-wise, we've been saying it for a long time. They have one of the best, if like, if not the most talented running back in Christian McCaffrey. Their their pass mm-hmm. catchers are incredible. Uh, between Brandon Ayuk, who's having a fantastic year, uh, Debo Samuel, who is a just an uh, just absolutely a difference maker. George Kittle, mm-hmm. you know, one of the two best tight ends in the NFL. Um, then you've got Trent, like their offensive line is great. You've got the best tackle in the league. You've got defensive linemen up the wall. It's like just in, elite talent at in the front seven. And then you've got good players in the secondary. I don't, I, I don't, I, yeah. there's talent in the secondary. It's not the same level that you have at all the other positions. And on top of that, Brock Purdy is even better than he was last year. And that, that was the big question. Um, mm-hmm. Last year, you, you talked about the stat on his intermediate throws was insane. It was fluky stat. Mm-hmm. He started the year even better. Um, mm-hmm. When the Cardinals played the 49ers, he, all he did was, you know, complete all but one pass. Um, Insane. Yeah, and, and he did have a three. Let's, since then, the 49ers went from rolling to looking like, oh, nope, the, now the, now the wars mm-hmm. are coming. And then they've won five in a row, and now they're the number one seed in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Um what happened in that three-game stretch? I know I, I could say probably point to if, if there's one player that I think makes the difference in that offense to, I think Debo Samuel, personally, what he mm-hmm. does is, is, is kind of special to that offense because of the intensity that he brings and the, and the flexibility that he brings. And then without him, Purdy perhaps isn't the elite now we're going to talk a little bit more about Purdy because you have to you have to <laughs> and that is what everyone in the country is talking Dude, about because the eye test the eye they're, they're just saying look he's just a check down but every metric says MVP every metric yeah. says MVP but then you look at yeah. the team and you're like everyone else you you feel is better at their positions that Purdy is, is his position that's the weird thing about yeah, that. right 
Right. Yeah, the, the MVP thing's the set. I'll, I'll, we can put a pin in that for a second because you brought up Debo and, and Trent Williams in that three-game losing streak. So I was very staunchly on board with Debo's absence was not the problem because it started in week six, right? Trent Williams rolls his ankle up. He played, but he was very clearly compromised. Debo Samuel fractures his shoulder on the first play of the game. I think he played two snaps after that and then got taken out. So they, they ostensibly missed Trent Williams and Debo Samuel for three games, and they lost all three. And at first, I was very staunch in the camp that, like, yo, they miss Trent Williams way more than they miss Debo Samuel. Like, last year, they didn't have Debo for, for three games toward the end of the year, and they were fine. They scored 30-plus in every game. And I'm like, look, Trent Williams is the issue. You know, Jalen Moore, their backup left tackle is fine. He's probably a little below league average. But then you see what Debo Samuel does for this offense in Seattle on a short week. And then he does it again the next week in Philadelphia. And then he does it the next week at home against Seattle. And every time they need an offensive spark, they just go to Debo. They, hey, against Seattle last week, they're down 10-7, third and 11, right around midfield. Yeah, shot play to Debo, touchdown. And that just gets things rolling. So I think I agree with you now because there's certain things they can do with Debo in the backfield the way they can manipulate linebackers with putting him in motion, putting McCaffrey in motion, that defenses aren't going to react the same when Ray Ray McLeod is doing that motion. You know, <laughs> it's just not. And there's no disrespect no, to, no, to just, Ray Ray McLeod. He's he's fine, but he's not Debo Sam, who's an All Pro caliber player, right? So uh, I, I think I start started leaning over the last few weeks that I think Debo is probably more important to their offense as a whole just because of the way Shanahan can manipulate defenders with him. Uh, Trent Williams is obviously incredible, uh, but it, it's the last three weeks have been pretty hard to to deny, given just how individually brilliant Debo has been. It, it is, and especially coming off the year last year. Like, we, we two years ago, we were like, oh my gosh. Then last year, yeah. he was just, he was hurt all Like, it was a mix of a lot of things that just didn't work out, but... Mm-hmm. His the dynamic because there are more productive receivers. He does a lot, but the dynamic yeah. he adds is it. Aside from the and, and there's another difference, Mike, and I think this guy is is undervalued around the league. But I think Kyle Shanahan probably understands Kyle Uschick. I think mm-hmm. he the ability that he has. I mm-hmm. think it it makes causes problems for defenses. Because mm-hmm. you have him, and it's a second running back, but it's kind of not like a second running back. Yeah, what the what the Niners could do formationally, and this isn't new, right? This right. is this has been years, but they that's, can that's run what their their scheme has just been so really really good. Right, they can run that twenty one personnel with two running backs and a tight end and two receivers, and they can have it be twenty one. They can have it be twelve. They can have it be empty. They can, I mean, they can with with the versatile with the versatility of Kittle and Yuschek and McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, and then you mentioned Brandon Ayuk forks up. Uh, I, it's they've. I think Kyle Shanahan has just kind of perfected what this offense needs to be or should be, and it's just kind of a step ahead of where modern defenses are, because if they want to run twenty-one personnel out there and you want to go heavy. Because you're going, oh, it's a fullback and a running back. They're going to run it. Then they're going to spread you out, and you're going to have your third linebacker on the field trying to cover Christian McCaffrey one-on-one. Uh, if if you want to do that and you go small, okay, great. They're going to play power football, and they're going to run it down your throat. Like That's 
the kind of ideal, right? And I think he's just kind of perfected it. And th- this is one of the things with the Niners offense that is, I, I think it's a really telling sign was Shil Kapadia in, in the ringer does a picks column every week. And he mentioned in his picks column that of the 10 most, um, like, uh, most efficient offensive games this season, the Niners have five of them in terms of success rate, right? The Niners have five of the 10. And there's no other repeats in the top 10. So the Niners have five. The rest of the NFL have five. The Niners are also the only team with a with a top 10 performance past week five. They have one in week seven and then one in, in week 13 against Philly. So that, to me, says that this offense continues evolving. There's going to be things that defenses are going to try and do uh, to stop it. And Kyle Shanahan's going to have a solution for it. And I think that's kind of been a, a big key to their success as they've as they've rolled into December here. Now the question that comes to as we as I think we have to talk about Brock Purdy is how good is mm-hmm. he? Uh, like I, I think we've come to the conclusion that now metrically he statistically matches up with some of the great seasons we've seen from quarterbacks MVP level. Yeah. Yeah. We 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 know that there are things he might not be good at but in this offense he does everything well and Mm -hmm. has he even like like even that stretch and people are saying oh there there is happening and then he's come back stronger but you look at this offense and what it was before Brock Purdy you know Jimmy Garoppolo a very good quarterback in definitely a, a solid quarterback in the NFL did not mm-hmm. reach this level of consistency and efficiency. Mm-hmm. It, do you think? Do you think Brock? Do you th- actually think that Brock Purdy could be this year's MVP? Okay, there's a lot here. Um, <laughs> well, and I don't want to like. I I, I don't want to. I, I want to. There's nuance to to this for 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 me anyway. If you're just cut and dry. Um, he can't be the MVP because there are 15 other quarterbacks you could plug in and they would do as well or better for the 49ers offense and fine. If the take is, uh, it's, it can't be Brock Purdy because look at his supporting cast. Okay, fine. Like I'm not going to super argue with it. In fact, I'm at the front of the Tyreek Hill should probably be the MVP uh, train, but so that's a separate argument. That's, that's <clears throat> so hard to do with receivers. It'd be great if he no did. No doubt, but, it, but a position player has to have a like statistical outlier season, yes. right? They have to have a monster, like, holy smokes, you've never seen. If he goes for 2,200 yards and 20 touchdowns, 20-plus touchdowns, I, all of a sudden, it, you're going, oh, wow, it's a statistical outlier season in a year where, hey, no quarterback really blew the doors off. Anyways, that's a separate thing. For for Purdy, my, my thought is he should very much be in the discussion. And I just think when you look at what he's doing efficiency-wise in all levels of the passing game, he's 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 been excellent. And at some point, like the numbers matter. They do. Whether he wins MVP or not, though, like if he doesn't win, I'm not going to be like, this is an outrage. And so much of, and here's the other thing, so much of this this race, I guess, is going to be decided here in the last four weeks. If the 49ers lose to Arizona this weekend, Brock Brady's not going to be the MVP. He's just out. (laughs) No, seriously. Whereas conversely, uh, if the let's say the Niners win this weekend and then Lamar Jackson comes into the Levi Stadium and beats San Francisco by two touchdowns on Christmas, 
all of a sudden Lamar Jackson's in the conversation. Like that's going to be it, it, over these next four weeks. We're really going to figure this out. And let's just say everything just kind of plays out how it is. And it's, it's Brock and Dak at, at the end of the year. I think you're going to get a lot of voters who I, I think you're going to get voters like Aaron shots from FTN network, who the guy who invented DVOA. And you're going to get voters like him who dive really deep into the, into the metrics. And they're going to look and they're going to go, okay, who is truly the best player? And then I think you're going to get a lot of people who just go, the Niners are the one seed. Cause if they win out, they will be the one seed. So yeah. that's just the, the hypothetical. The Niners are the one seed, and Brock Purdy threw for 4,600 yards and 36 touchdowns and nine interceptions. He averaged 9.8 yards per attempt, and he led the league in all these categories. Yeah, that in, in completion rate and passer rating and this and that. Okay, yeah, he's the MVP. That's how, that. That's the path for, I think. And again, that's going to come down to uh, how voters go about their voting. So I think he belongs in the conversation. Am I going to be outraged if he doesn't win it? No. Um, but he's he's definitely deserving of of being in the discussion. Any significant change in terms of what the 49ers are doing or who is playing than when the Cardinals face them in Week Four? Um, yeah, their secondary is a little bit different. Well, uh, Traverius Ward is is probably I would be pretty surprised if Traverius Ward plays. He hurt his groin on the second play of the game against Seattle. Uh, he's their best corner by a wide margin. The 49ers since since week is it week ten? That can't be right. The 49ers lead the league in pass breakups by a lot. Over maybe it's the season. I forget exactly the the stretch of games I was looking at, but the their secondary is is better now than it was. But if Traverius Ward's not playing, then you're probably looking at Ambry Thomas, who's been really good uh, on the outside opposite of Traverius Ward. They moved Diamador Lenore down to the slot. Diamador Lenore was outside the in back in week four um so that'd be a little bit different you'd probably be looking at ambry thomas and diameter lenore on the outside with isaiah oliver in the slot and isaiah oliver is not that good of a player down there at least coverage wise uh so that would be a little bit different talano hufanga tore his acl a few weeks back uh so he would not be in it'd be the rookie jair brown out of penn state their third round pick from this year's draft he's been really good though he already has a couple interceptions constantly around the ball that's why they drafted him he's a turnover machine in college and uh he's he's been in the middle of a couple as as a pro already uh but offensively i think you're probably looking at largely the same group and then just those couple of changes defensively and so oh and chase young's on the team now yeah it's but eric armstead and and javon hargrave are out or or, i I don't want to say they're out they're they're probably going to be out um with with injuries, so it's going to be you know Chase Young and Nick Bosa are still there, but it's going to be backup defensive tackles on the inside. Kinlaw and, with a big game a couple of weeks ago. I saw I saw the Kinlaw come up with some stats. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He had the the one he had he had a sack against Jalen Hurts, which was legitimate. But his first sack against Jalen Hurts <laughs> is his first sack since 2020. <laughs> Was the one where Hurts dropped back like 15 years and then just fell down, <laughs> and Kinlaw happened to be. St- in the vicinity when he fell. So he got to go over and touch him down first. So yeah, no, he's been, Kinlaw has been better for sure. He looks like a productive NFL player Good. now. Um, but uh, that, that would be if, you know, if, if I'm the 49ers, that's something I'd be worried about this week for sure. Is that, that lack of interior presence. Let, let's, let's do that next. Coming up next on the rise of here at podcast, best serve Cardinals talk on the web. Let's talk about this particular matchup and make picks predictions. And that's fun stuff. That's coming up next on rise of red. 
We're back on the Rise of Seared podcast, the best of our Cardinals talk on the web. Talking with Kyle Madsen over at NinersWire.com. Uh, our sister site, third time he's been on the show between previewing the season, previewing week four, now in week 15. Um, how do you like this matchup this week? It's different because, obviously, uh, Boot is back. Um, Kyler's back. That's that's the big one. And the Cardinals lost 35-16 to in week four, but offensively, they looked okay. Josh Dobbs did a good job. Um, they, they moved the ball down the field. The problem was defensively they had no answer for anything. Uh, Brock Purdy completed 20 of 21 passes. Christian McCaffrey did whatever he wanted. Brandon Ayuk had six catches and over, 104, over 140 yards. And so defensively they were no match. And I, uh, looking at this matchup, I don't see a path to stopping that 49ers offense still because yeah. McCaffrey's still a beast. The Cardinals do not stop the run particularly well. And mm-hmm. they, they were compl- like it, it, if Pittsburgh's a different beast because Pittsburgh's terrible offensively, but the mm-hmm. Rams did whatever they wanted. And mm-hmm. do you see any resistance? I think the Cardinals do. They're basically playing rookie corners right now. Um, mm-hmm. They benched Marco Wilson. They're down Kaiser White, their best linebacker. He's done for the season. And and so, yeah, they've got Josh Woods running the, the mm. defense, career special teams guy. Been doing all right. But <laughs> I don't – do you see any real resistance on what the 49ers will be able to do offensively? Uh, No. Not the, – the, the sick irony of this is I, – I don't, to answer your question – but I also feel that way about about uh, a lot of teams this year. The Niners are just a really hard offense to stop. But the sick irony of this is Isaiah Simmons actualizing what the Cardinals were hoping he would be would be like the perfect player to have against this that's offense. What, that's what they, they hoped he would be. Alas. <laughs> Alas. Um, but yeah, um, no, I don't. On the other hand, uh, not to, I don't, want to step on a future question here but i also love the over in this game because i don't know if the niners are going to be able to get a ton of stops either given where they're at injury wise yeah that that's the that is the other thing now we're, now we don't know the, the show will have dropped on saturday but we're recording on a thursday afternoon so we don't know what the final injury report is but but kyle's saying that it probably traverse word won't play um, probably maybe not our Eric Armstead or J- Javon Hargrave. So they're both, both their best interior defenders will be out. And, and honestly, the Cardinals have played well offensively at home, except that Rams game, uh, with the exception of the Rams game, they've been pretty good at home. They were averaging 25 points a game at home, um, excluding the Rams game, which was an abomination. Uh, Kyler's that well, and I think the difference is like the, the offense statistic. What's the interesting about since Kyler's return? The offense statistically isn't significantly better. It's just a little bit better, like a point or two. Their defense mm-hmm. is averaging is allowing like four points less in a game, and that's because the offense is better. Like that's the thing. So he there he's yeah. not turning the ball over. Though so they had ten turnovers in the five games leading up to Kyler's return. They've only turned the ball over twice. And they haven't turned the ball over in the last two games. And Kyler's got 91 straight passes without an interception. And so they're protecting the football. I do think the only way the Cardinals can compete in this game, and I think they'll be able to, is um, 
I think James Conner will be able to be successful in our best bets mm-hmm. the, the for for this game. You picked, you had the over in particular, the alternate over, um, and I've I've got Conner easily hitting the fifty one and a half. And I know they hadn't put the alternate lines. I'm like seventy that's plus. That's his. That's his rushing yards total. Yes, he had fifty two in eleven carries in week four. So I'm like hit that, and then when the alternate lines come out tomorrow, and I'm expect it'll. Probably 70 plus will be somewhere probably about plus 150. I'm like, yeah, would, that. That, I'm taking yeah, that I would one. do that. I would 100% <laughs> do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, especially if, like, if I'm Arizona, I'm looking at, at this and, you know, Jonathan Gannon, God bless him. I know he's a defensive guy, but at some point you got to be real with yourself and kind of look at your personnel and the personnel the, the 49ers have. The move is try and grind it out, I think just shorten the game as much as humanly possible and see if you can't get a turnover limit possessions. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're in the fourth quarter and you're up, you're up five with four minutes left and you have the ball now. I mean, is that possible? Is that something you're going to be able to pull off? I don't, I don't know, but um, that's, I think probably the goal if you're Arizona, but I think we're getting a, I think we're getting a little bit of a shootout. Yeah. And uh, honestly, I was more confident about the Cardinals covering it plus 13 and a half plus 14 what it opened at plus 12 and a half right now the the, the I think the line what is it Niners minus 12 and a half right now I'm a little yeah. less confident but what I preview when I wrote for for the Sports Weekly I'm like 3120 mm-hmm. in which like saw in your in your you, you were predicting 3021 3120 and I'm like that is reasonable, but I kind of thought that would be the kind of the same thing that happened last time, and then got burnt with the you know the nineteen point loss. They they scored the, the extra touchdown late in the game. I was hope I was hoping I was hoping they would mm. just I was hoping they would Drop just kneel pointer. it down, just kneel it down, <laughs> kneel it down at the end of the game, and the Brock got his rushing touchdown. I'm like, please kneel it down, <laughs> man. Yeah, I I just I I don't. With with all their with how banged up they are defensively, I'm I really I think like thirty like I said thir- what I say thirty one twenty or thirty to twenty one something like that that really feels uh, that feels like a good spot where the alternate oh, the alternate total was fifty and a half and I that that just feels right yeah. to me yeah at the same time I could see it still doing it with you know forty two to ten. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, that's the. I mean, that's the other thing. If, if the if the Niners somehow come up with a couple of turnovers, and I know you, that that Kyler has been has been good in that in that respect, but if they do get a couple of turnovers, like it could get ugly really quick. Yeah, and so but, the, the over still might work. I'm just you mm-hmm. know the, what the Cardinals did. They gr- they were able to grind it out with the with the ground game. James Conner, Trey McBride. Now the difference is. Um, I can't bank on a big game from Trey McBride when you've got Fred Warner on the field. That's the only thing that I'm like, can't yeah. really count on that because yeah. Fred Warner again, again with the, just the disparity in talent. How is it? How is it that the 49ers have elite talent at almost every level of the offensive mm-hmm. defense? It's, it's stupid. It's stupid. It's not fair. I don't like it as a big being in the NFC West and yeah, but Hey, yeah, they're, uh, Fred Warner's pretty good. Yeah, he is. It's... Uh, I guess I guess Steve Wilkes just said that he expects Dre Greenlaw to play, uh, which would be a pretty significant yeah. boost for the 49ers in the second. Yeah, level. that's that too. But 
then again, do I? I don't. I think Steve Wilkes. We, we don't. We don't like. We. I don't have a problem with Steve Wilkes. I know. But, I know. Yeah. But also Steve Wilkes. This <laughs> was so bad here. So bad here. All right. So, a little bit of predictions. I know you got your show that you've got to get to in a few minutes. Um, let's talk this. We we both kind of pick have the same type of score prediction. Um, mm-hmm. How many yards do you think that McCaffrey goes goes through this? We'll, we'll talk total yards because he had. 177 total last time. 100, I think 106 rushing yards and three touchdowns. Uh, how how bad is the damage that he does to the Cardinals this weekend? Um, give me like a hundred and let's do 109 on the ground. Let's do like there. Give me like 140 scrimmage yards and a touchdown. That seems pretty good. Seems pretty good. Yeah. Any turnovers on either side? I mean, I could, I could see Purdy throwing one for sure. Like, there's always that that risk when you live in the middle of the field the way the Niners do. He's been good down the field, like not putting the ball in trouble when he takes a shot. But he gets a little bit of pressure, and he just he's gonna try and let it rip into one of those tight windows yeah. in the middle. If you get, you know, a safety crashing down, or if you get uh, last week the one he threw to Brandon Ayuk. Or he threw an interception on a pass intended for Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk and him just weren't on the same page. Uh, that could happen. So yeah, I, I mean uh, maybe, but you got to get it, the Cardinals that have to get pressure on him. I yeah. think to, well, it, it's pretty rare that he has time four, to throw and throws a battle. Purdy had no like he didn't have to make hard throws. Everything was open. Yeah, everything was open yeah, in week four. Yeah. yeah. Um, if we had, to, I'm gonna go turn. You know what? No, I'm gonna predict no turnovers. I think we're gonna get a turnover free game on either side. That'll be fun. I actually, yeah. I really yeah. want to see. I want to see that. Uh, honestly, what I'm hoping to see, one of the things I want to see from the Cardinals in the last four games, um, whatever. I, they're they're in good place draft wise. But one of the things I want to mm-hmm. see is to Kyler have one of those ceiling games. One of those games where you're like, oh, Kyler's back. This is what we saw two years yeah. ago. You know. Mm-hmm. Even when the defense, if it's a boat race and that if the defense is not stopping 49ers at all, but it would be fantastically fun to see Kyler throw for for 300 yards and three touchdowns in a game like this, yeah. and, and you know Connor to go for 120 and still lose 38 to 27. <laughs> just <laughs> just mapping out the good loss. <laughs> I've been that dude with where the Niners were for a long well, time. There. I, there's it's, no uh, way in the world I'm going to say art like, to it. If there's if there's a game like I, the Cardinals can beat the Bears, but of their last four games, I think if there's a game that they maybe just maybe could f around and win, it would be the Eagles game for a number mm-hmm. of reasons. Because the Eagles defense is terrible right now. It's really bad. And two, you've got the whole Gannon and Rollis effect going back into Philly. There's there's a little yeah. extra there, so I could see that. I don't see like yeah. I'm, the Cardinals at best are going to be competitive in this game, and it's not going to. Yeah, the Cardinals, the Cardinals are coming off their bye, and the Niners are coming off the most brutal three game stretch on their schedule, where it was Thursday at Seattle, then at Philly, then home Seattle. So that 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 is is maybe a, a silver lining for Arizona, but yeah, I think at some point the talent gap is is wide enough. <laughs> yes, that maybe that, the beginning of the game. I could see maybe San Francisco coming out flat, but I don't think they, they, the Cardinals yeah. will be, the Cardinals will not be able to contain them throughout the game. That's just kind of that's that's basically what happened last week against Seattle. Seattle was up ten seven. Uh, the Niners hit Debo on a long touchdown. They go into the half up fourteen ten, and it. then <laughs> it was just kind of they and, they and it was a twelve point. Like granted, you know Seattle covered. Seattle covered. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, great teams cover. 
Cooper. Sorry, sorry, Niners. Yep. They were not great last week. No, they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> Counted as a loss, basically. <laughs> but yeah, so I think we kind of see this going the same way. I could, I would not be surprised to see the 49ers just punch him in the face and, and then the car, like if they get up two scores and the Cardinals then aren't able to, to use the run game, then it will get ugly in a hurry. Like it did against uh, Cleveland, like the way it did against Los Angeles. And so there's, there's that. So awesome. Um, any other fun predictions do you have for, for this game that what we can see? I'm going to go, uh, multi-touchdown game for Brandon Ayuk. Ooh, coming back, yeah. coming back to. He said he said he said a new career high in receiving yards last week. Uh, he caught a forty-five yard pass in the third quarter that got him to a thousand twenty-three. Last year he had a thousand fifteen the whole season. Uh, he got to a thousand twenty-three last week and he did it on twenty-three fewer catches That's... than he had all of last year. I like Ayuk. bananas. I like Ayuk. Bananas. And he's, I he is he's such a, a good player, dude. He's such a good player. He is. He is. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's, no, we've got two things. And my wife, my wife is not a 49ers fan. She's a Cardinals fan. But she okay. holds sentiment for Brandon Ayuk from ASU, Brock Purdy from here, from here in the East Valley here in Arizona. And so. Perry? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Perry High School, okay. I think, is where it was down down in, in Chandler, I think. Chandler Gilbert. Mm-hmm. It's all it's all kind of thing. You've been around here. It's, it's the same. It's, it's the same spot. Yeah. <laughs> it's all East. It's East Valley, Phoenix, or West Valley, and other than that, it's but whatever. But whatever my wife asks will, like, where I like, live in Arizona. I want the like. Let's go for it. I'm like, no, you can't. You can never root for the 49ers. So 49ers yeah. bad. Ayuk okay. Purdy okay. And that's sure, 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 sure. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. But I'm like, stop rooting for them. When people ask me where I lived in Arizona, I tell them Gilbert because I, I just lived right there, like Velvet. I was like in Val Vista and Baseline and Gilbert, right? And I get like, huh? And I'm like, Mesa? No, Scott, Phoenix. Phoenix. I was in Phoenix. East of Phoenix. I was in Phoenix. Yep. <laughs> 20 minutes east of Phoenix, whatever. Like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Kyle, thank you so much for your time. That's Kyle Madsen over, the Ni- over at Niners Wire. You can catch his stuff there if he- and also on Twitter slash. X. If you're, if any of you are calling it X yet, he's at Kyle A. Madsen. He's a fantastic follow, not only for his 49ers coverage, because he's also a pretty funny guy. He's also a pretty funny guy. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right, I appreciate mate. you, Jeff. Thanks, Kyle. I know you got to get to the show, and I've got to record another show. So yep. that wraps up this edition of the yep. show, episode 496. That's Kyle Madsen. I'm Jess Root. Thanks for listening. Seth and I will be back next week to talk about how this game went. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of the Rise Up Sea Red podcast. Listen to previous episodes and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Audioboom, or many other podcast platforms so shows are delivered directly to your mobile device. Please give the show a five-star rating and always support the sponsors who support the show. We'll be back soon for the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Rise up Red Sea, be Red Sea Red, and of course, rise up Sea Red. Sea Red.